This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables, CS Toys Japan, and the webcomic Red Belt. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I'm your host, Yasin, and I'm joined by Josh. Hey, everybody. Mal. We're going to be talking about humor gears and humor. Hi! Night talk! Oh my god, I always forget that you go all out for that. And uh, introducing onto the podcast, Tony. Uh, hello, everyone. Hey. It's hard to come after Mal. I know. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I should have known. Uh, so, how's everybody doing? All things considered, doing coffee. good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. I like when I ask that, and then everybody answers at the same time. No, it's funny enough. Uh, befitting for this podcast, we were just talking before we started recording, and I'm currently waiting for my zero one driver to come through the mail. Oh. But as everybody knows, mail's kind of iffy yeah. coming from Japan to the U.S., so maybe it'll get here, maybe it won't, or maybe I'll just have to order from somebody else and get a refund. Yeah. Is that your first belt from the Zero One line? or? Yeah, usually it depends on a couple of factors before I actually decide to go ahead and purchase the belt. Like, if it's a show I'm iffy on, I'll wait till the story gets to a really good plot point, and then I'll purchase it. For some mm-hmm. of them, I'll wait the whole way through. Yeah. Or if I really, really like the design, I'll get on that mess with a pre-order. Like, I think uh, Double and O's, I got them during the middle of the run. Build, I had to wait all the way to the end. Forza, I didn't even bother with, and then I got it, like, a year or two later. Right. And then Zero One, it's good enough to me that I've purchased the belt now. Nice. Right, Yeah. I did that with uh, the Shout Riser. I, as soon as as soon as he debuted, I was like, you know what, I'm getting that one immediately. Um, but everything else I've gotten after the fact, and it's been kind of to my detriment, especially with shows like Fies or Decade. It's like ugh, it's hard to get those belts. But those, yeah. I was in line for okay, it was a Saturday morning, and it was Comrade Geos like two years ago. I was in line in front of a uh, Toys R Us, waiting for the store to open. And I just remember waiting in line, and there was a guy coming out, and just like you have to fill out a form, like, okay, which one do you want? Do you want the belt, and do you want the ride watch? And I just remember being like, oh, a lot of adults in line. And so I think that was the first time I was like, okay, I'm getting this belt right away. Man, that would be so cool to just go to a Toys R Us and <laughs> pick up a belt. Uh, if only, right? For context, Tony is in Japan. Yes, if anyone... Yes, I'm in Japan right now, so... Which also explains why there's a Toys R Us. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> oh, sure, rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> oh, my bad. Uh... Toys R Us, a fine Canadian and Japanese brand. <laughs> exactly, because uh... I was supposed to take a trip with a bunch of friends to Japan this past month, but then, of course, everything got locked down, and I was planning on, okay... I, I really want to get the belt, like, you know, 10, 12 episodes in. Yeah. And then Kaylin's telling me, well, we're going to Japan. Why don't you just go pick it up in person and not worry about shipping? And then I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then everything went to COVID crap. happened. And yeah. then it's like, well, I guess I'm going to eBay. 
Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Uh, so I guess if we haven't guessed it by now, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Kamen Rider Zero One. Um, obviously, at, at this point, the show is not over yet. Um, but we will be talking up until episode thirty. There. Uh, so that seems like a good. Yeah, it seems like a good. You know, stopping point and a good break off between story arcs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. As of this recording, episode thirty-four airs tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. Just to, you know, date us a little bit. <laughs> Episode 29 ended with a preview that said they were starting a new chapter. So, you know. That way we're not spoiling too much. Okay, so we are going up to episode 29. Yeah. That's where the break off is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I guess it's tough to say what your initial, uh, your initial thoughts were, but... If you can remember, like, what, what were your thoughts going into the show in the beginning? Like, we just got uh, done with Geo. Uh, you know, news comes out of Zero One. You see the image. You see the trailer. What are your thoughts going in? I remember when we were getting those uh, first shots of it, of the belt, of the toy line. I can't tell you how overjoyed I was that we were going back to a grasshopper motif. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm cool with Build's design. I love Double having the kind of sort of aesthetic of it, but just having a plain old grasshopper, that just, that that warms my heart up. And then it's the fact, I I heard somebody say in reference to it, the overall design of Zero One takes everything that was cool about the Heisei era and distills it down to something very sleek, which is really what I like about the design. Like, you can show this to anybody and they can look at it and be like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. What is that? Yeah. Uh, two things that I always remember Zero One for in the beginning. One is, wow, that's a lot of belts in the first quarter. Uh, the other thing is that this is one of the first writer shows that I can remember where it was just universally loved by a lot of people. I always remember, I have this one friend who doesn't really watch the shows, but he does like keep up with the news. And this was the first time that he saw a new writer and was just like, that's what I want. Yeah. And I, re- I remember seeing that and be like, oh, wow, it's yellow. That's that's really different. Well, see, that's been a point of contention, too. Like, what color is the suit? Because some people will say yellow. Some people will say lime green. I've kind of come in the middle and say he's highlighter yellow. Yeah. Yes, yes, that one, yeah. I'll be honest. I to this day, I don't know what the hell this color is. I, if you want to get technical, colorblind, so. I, I have seen official uh, sources refer to him as a yellow character. Okay, okay, then he's yellow. Yeah, he's yellow then, yeah. Cool. But highlighter yellow. Yeah. Works under a black light. But what I like about it is that there's just so many, like... It feels lighter than most... It looks like it's lighter than most rider suits. It like, does. weight, and... Also, there's things that are different about it. Like, the helmet design is very different. Well, yeah, it it always looks softer, I guess, than other helmets. Like, it doesn't look like a a Sentai, a Power Ranger helmet, where it's, like, hard to the touch. This looked like it would have a little give to it if you poked at it. It looks more like a mask than a helmet. Yeah. I guess. Which I guess is a good thing. And then I think it's fair to say that this is the most intricate bodysuit a writer has had in a long time for a main writer. Because for a long time we've had just, you know, plain black. Maybe we'll have a line here or there. But this, oh, like, right. there's so yeah. many 
I think it's like three or four different fabrics that they're using on the bodysuit, which tells me they put money into this guy. And yeah. he's, so far, he is the only one in the show who has this specific aesthetic. So far, yeah. 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 Yeah, everybody's looks very different. My first thoughts on, on Zero One was, I, I obviously, I liked the suit when the pictures for it came out. But then I, when the Geo movie was over, Quartzer came out, and mm-hmm. he, has the, he has the cameo. Um, the, the ADR for him was... Right, right. Was, I don't know if anyone has seen the movie, but it's, it's interesting. And it did not give me a really good first impression of Zero One. So yeah. I'm really glad when, when the show did debut, I was like, okay, no, that, that, that was just the movie. This is, this is much Did better. you and George see that together? Uh, no, me, uh, George was separate because I, I, I saw it in my local town. He was still in okay. Tokyo. Because, yeah, he, he, he got out of the theater and he messaged me. And he's like, whew, that, uh, <laughs> I don't know who that actor is, but that voice is going to take some getting used to for sure. It was a lot more high pitched than what I thought, but he's obviously in the show. It's not really, but like in in that in the scene that he was in was just like whoa, yeah. And of course, I already had my own thoughts about the movies, so I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> my my first uh, first time hearing him was the debut trailer when they first showed him off. It was like a live stream event that uh, even people outside of Japan were able to see. That that was neat. Uh, and I oh, yeah. and I genuinely thought for a second, wait, is something wrong with the audio? Because his voice was oh. very high-pitched. <laughs> uh-huh. That having been said, like, as much as, you know, he leans into that because of his comedic type of character, for me, I feel like Aruto overall, like, you can see a lot of the older Heisei shows, now we're going into Reiwa. The Heisei shows, you can see that the actors, sometimes this is their first major gig, and it takes them a while to kind of feel out, okay, this is what I want the character to be, these are their beats, this is their rhythm and speech pattern. But I feel like with Aruto, he's kind of been fleshed out as a character from the first episode. Yeah. Like, it was oh, more yeah. consistent and believable. Also, I've just got to say, uh, as someone who loves making terrible jokes, great protagonist. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that being... I I didn't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I it was Because it had, you know, this whole... Okay, so... For the beginning of the story, it's I mean he is a want he wants to be a comedian when he grows when he grows up, but he wants to be a professional comedian, and he's trying very hard and he sucks at it. Um, but then his grandfather dies, who is the president and CEO of Hidden uh, Corporations, which is a corporation that uh, produces uh, what do you call it? Human gear, which are which are androids. AI androids, yeah. And he inherits it. Um, and that's how the story begins. But seeing him like fail at his jokes, I remember being like, ooh, this is going to be tough. <laughs> and seeing him do a bunch of puns in the beginning, in the first episode, I was unsure. But as soon as Izu was introduced and Izu started contextualizing his jokes, that made it more hilarious to me. <laughs> and that made him more bearable of a character. <laughs> That's the thing I like about it, because for a lot of people, uh, it's really easy to see how Audrito's jokes could be very irritating. But you think about it, it's not just a comedian by himself. It's a comedian duo where he's the funny man yeah. and Izu is basically playing the straight man. 
to his funny yeah. man. Yeah. And now every time there's a new episode, I look forward to it. Like, yeah, is he going to do another one with Izu? And how's Izu going to react? <laughs> yes. There really has become like a Manzai like, duo. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. 100%. <laughs> For sure. Which takes me back. Like, did you guys ever see the, the decade stage play where Kick Hopper and Punch Hopper were oh, having yeah. to be a Manzai duo? Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That it's it's terrible yet entertaining at the same time, and they get to the end, and then Kick Hopper's like, "Did you just laugh at my brother?" And they're like, "No, Aniki, we're supposed to get laughed at right now." And Ixa tells us to laugh roariously, Nasai. Oh yes, Ixa. I love that every line of dialogue from Ixa was just him adding Nasai at the end, and the crowd would just start laughing. They were just eating it up. And since so much of that kind of humor, that wordplay is so uh, inherent to Japanese culture, I can see how even over there and then translating over here to just people's obsession with dad jokes, Aruto could be a very uh, relatable character. I was about to say, we've had that in Toku with uh, Kyoryu Blue. Yeah, but this sure. is like mm. that taken to the 10th power and then he also had a red bull and a shot of starbucks <laughs> it's not even his final form it's not even his final form but that that's the thing about it i, I like i don't want to get ahead of it but i've been wondering for a while now if it's not the case that his current strongest form metal cluster hopper isn't his final form i could see because it. It, it it's getting kind of late <laughs> is this because well, that's like that's the mid form uh, going by past history, isn't is this like the longest time a mid form has been used? Because he's hmm. it's been like more than ten episodes before a final form comes up. I feel like builds took a while, right? Well, like builds had a while to go, but like I think the longest they've ever gone was, of course, Kuga being like the last episode. But oh, beyond that, yeah. I think it's uh, next to that would be like episode forty-two. So he's mm-hmm. got maybe about a month before I start getting a little worried. Hmm. At the same time, I'm not too worried just be- just because uh, the story context between between uh, you know the way that that form is introduced and the sword is introduced. I think it earns it being a final form. Oh yeah, it has that sword. But wait a second, because builds didn't he get that new sword like? Uh, t- was it rabbit rabbit tank tank also had that new sword was it the new sword yeah it was a new weapon uh, the buster what full you bottle call buster. it full bottle buster and mm-hmm. i i would only hope because i i imagine that this is the this is how they're going to do it the way they've been going uh the last several years is that the mid form whatever weapon that form has the final form is just going to use that one because they can't bother to make another one you know, like uh, the DJ gun being used from Kachidoki over to Kiwami Arms or mm-hmm. the the trailer gun in Drive. I imagine it'll be the same thing here where he uses the the Progrise blade or whatever sword. it's called. Progrise sword mm-hmm. uh, in his final form whenever he does get it. But, you know, there are other writers in this show. Uh, in fact, five of them or six. Uh, it's hard to keep track. Um and we were introduced pretty early on to the fact that there was going to be five. Yeah, right from the 
right from the get-go in the opening. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that was another thing. Like, yeah, they they showed five of them in the beginning. And that's just, I don't know. First female writer to appear in the show near the beginning. Which really was, it was distracting because it made me go, someone's going to die in Christmas, huh? Yeah, that was the general consensus, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we got through it. That was the thing. We got through it. It's true. We got through it together. Admittedly, I uh, I feel like I uh, pretty unfairly called it, but I did kind of predict, you know, she's got a lot against her, but maybe Jin is the one that will die. And I admittedly said that knowing that there was uh, something that happened. I saw a picture out of context showing that he wasn't in the best shape, but still. He also seemed like a weak link because uh, his main form was one of Zero One's additional forms, which is also a unique thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really interesting way of introducing another writer of literally just stealing a power and then utilizing it on its own. It, it's the same way I would think of, like, uh, say, a Gaia memory in uh, Double being used on its own in a uh, Lost Driver technically that would work there could technically be four other writers aside from uh common writer joker and common writer cyclone so it's kind mm-hmm. of seeing that being put into play here where you could just take one of those other progress keys and just use it in a different belt and boom you've got another writer or yeah. when guy used the banana lock seed oh, yeah exactly that too and the thing about it is at the beginning of the show they make it pretty evident like okay hidden intelligence these are the good guys Aims are kind of in the middle, and then you've got Mitsubo Jinrai, who are basically these android terrorists, and you think, I think the best shows do it where you think everything's clear-cut, and then you realize it's not. Because initially you think, okay, well, it's just going to be Mitsubo Jinrai, but then as things get closer and closer to the human gears becoming more aware and intelligent and reaching singularity, then it's like, well, maybe they do have rights, and Maybe things aren't so black and white as we thought. One thing that I really appreciate from Zero One is whether it's in the show or a movie or on their blog, they have kind of demonstrated what each belt can do for any particular key. Well, uh, to a certain extent. Like you've been able to see what uh, Rising Hopper looks like on the Shot Riser because of the blog. Yeah, that was recently. I, I appreciate that. I really do. Doesn't seem like uh, those are going to be getting any attention from Soto, but hey, they still exist as art, so that's neat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, eventually, down the line, you mm. never know. I prefer that over just seeing, like, in, G- in Geo, where you, the only time you'd ever see, like, the Kiba form was on the toy box art. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, oh, it's, yeah. it's something new, unprecedented. I had no idea whether they would make it into soda because it was completely different, but it was still cool that they're experimenting. Oh, yeah. It's true. So I guess we should talk more about the story and what's going on, what's happening in this show. So it's tokusatsu and it's robots. So, hey, it's that whole story of AI, good or evil, question mark. It's true, uh, but I, I like the... Oh, I wasn't saying like in a negative way. I was just saying, that's the kind of story you can expect. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was interesting because early on they were playing with themes and a- asking questions that at some point I was thinking, can this show actually handle it in a, I don't know if I should say appropriate way or not. 
I, I would almost say a mature way. Yeah, yeah, mature way, yeah. Uh, because, uh, I mean, Aruto, he's all about, you know, AI can help humanity. Um, we can treat them well, and they will, they're, they're, they're made to help us, but they also have souls. And he's, his, his uh, goal in the early episodes was to show that they have souls. So he would accompany, a, you know, if it's a chef, uh, a sushi chef robot or an artist robot, he would try to either convince the people who own them or just try to find out what their core is, what their heart is, and demonstrate that to the people so they can accept them. Show them that art of artificial intelligence isn't as artificial as you may think. Right. They can evolve. They can learn if you give them a chance. Good yeah. thing. And it gave, it gave like, it brought up a few questions about, you know, agency and, you know, uh, how far this intelligence can go and, like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And it was something for a while that I was wondering, yeah, like Josh said, if it's, if the show is mature enough to actually handle these questions without giving off the wrong message. Mm-hmm. Well, because legitimately, we live in an age where a lot of this story is prevalent right now, like wondering about uh, robots taking people's jobs. And some of the show has been uh, geared towards people having all of this this malice against the human gears because they're taking away jobs, because uh, they could potentially uh, be a threat. Like I know right. just earlier today, uh, I have this running joke with Kaylin where we're always wondering about what Boston Dynamics is doing because eventually that robot dog is going to turn on us. And when it does, yeah. I'm going to say, I told you so. <laughs> and basically, at, for the beginning of the series, that's Fuwa's uh, MO is those things are going to turn on us eventually. And I'm going to say, I told you so, and I'm going to shoot him. Yeah, but he also has a, a big chip on his shoulder because of what happened. Slightly traumatized. Past. He is very traumatized. <laughs> one thing I will say, since you were listing off all these examples, one thing that I really, really enjoy from the show, it makes me always enjoy looking for a new episode, is uh, all of these premises have been pretty unique for a writer, from what I can tell. Like uh, dealing with a sushi chef or a manga artist or a basketball player. It all feels really new. Or even more recently, uh, having... I, I know we're not going beyond a certain... Uh episode but just to, to talk about the flavor of the human gears having a model human gear who has a lot of her own agency and her own personality and i really like uh where this is kind of like double level of the background characters aren't just background like they have all of this personality and you want to get to know them and spend more time with them yeah it all makes sense as far as like the job titles like oh yeah it's a, a realtor who can kind of help you find your home it's it makes sense do you guys have a favorite Huma gear? Ooh, I recent I recently caught up and I love the construction worker guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's pretty good. He's good. He's good. Oh, the one from like the first few episodes, the fixer upper. He he's the guy who had to rebuild for the uh, realtor Huma gear. Kind of an old looking guy. Oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> I think my favorite human gear would be uh, the actor Matsuda Enji. Oh, yeah. th- those were actually really good episodes. Yeah, and also just because of uh, what he did to Guy. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, they brought him back too. That's another thing I love seeing in Ryder. 
when they're bringing yeah. somebody back after a couple of episodes, like, hey, we didn't forget you. Or even yeah. uh, a thing that the show has done at least a couple of times where it's just like, hey, the last arc was about this character. This character is now going to be center stage. Mm, yeah. Like showing mm. the growth of the character. Yeah, like uh, the, my favorite yeah. ones early on was uh, the manga artist where you also see like an anime being dubbed and or recorded for. And then the, like the next arc is about a voice actress who's from that anime. Yeah, I actually like the way right, that those yeah. two blended together. Yeah. It's true, yeah. Maybe it's because it's more recent uh, that I've seen it, but the firefighter. One, 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 Nosuke, yeah. Yeah, that I I really liked those the couple of episodes. Oh, that was um, a good one. Uh, especially because of the back and forth between the real firefighter and him, and them learning from each other. Like that was a really good good arc, for sure. And f- funny enough, kind of to balance that out is I've been watching a lot of that nine one one show over on Fox, and you know they focus a lot on firefighters too. And hearing yeah. the dialogue from those two episodes of Zero One and comparing it to that dialogue, it was almost the same. Like, you could interchange them. Like, firefighters wanting to go above and beyond the call of duty to try and save as many people as possible. They got that right. It was believable. Yeah, yeah it definitely had the heart and message that you'd want to focus on with, you know, a service. Uh, well, for like a rescue profession like that, for sure. I've got a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the the humor gear? Who was I think his name was Match. He was he was the Blue Buster from Go Busters. Yes, yes, oh. yes, yeah. Was was this the first time in Common Rider that we had a character being bleeped out because of some of the stuff he was saying? I maybe because remember when he was yelling at Yellow Buster? Yeah, at her, and they were just he was just saying like some vulgar stuff. I mean, mind you beautiful casting on that part yes and it was just he was being bleeped out and i was like oh i want to say that might be the first time like somebody yeah if you're listening to this fact check us on that we don't mind being corrected but that was that was something to behold i'm just going to immediately just uh jump in and say that normally they do bleeping on uh the net movies or whatever just because they're referencing pop culture (laughs) oh really yeah, like uh, with the uh, Geo one, with uh, the the point five shorts, those are different. Uh, but they were explaining why the Forze actors weren't there. Oh, they're in the Bleach movie, except they just bleep that out. They bleep out the word Bleach, uh, yeah. Gotcha, okay, okay. <laughs> I remember that. Or when they described the plot of Kamen Rider Ghost, and then uh, Sogo kept repeating over and over, oh, that's like Dragon Ball, that's like Dragon Ball, he kept getting bleeped. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I wonder if they actually said anything, like, if in the script, if he was actually saying something, or if they, he, they just replaced it with something so they could just bleep it. Hmm. Like, I doubt they would go to that degree. Especially because you could still, I think, was his mouth covered or? Completely covered. Okay. Yeah, they put a bar on it. Mm. Yeah, 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 okay. But that's what makes it funny. Because yeah, yeah. they're like, where did he learn such language? And then Izu is just turning around embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Izu. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, um. So, what do you guys think about uh, Metsubo Jinrai and their involvement in the show? On Sasuke-chan. Oh uh, yeah. 
That was a whole thing, wasn't it? Okay, I'm I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stop y'all right there, and I'm gonna say this right now. I think it was a really weird decision to not make Ansatsu Chan Ikazuchi, and then just completely introducing a new character to be that writer for one episode. It should have been yeah. Ansatsu Chan. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which writer was that again? Uh, the Dodo one. Oh. The okay. reused Bloodstark yeah. suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so we had the Humagir Raiden, who was the astronaut, as the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder who Raiden's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, because it's weird, because I remember watching it, and then, like, Dodo, as you know, he, he you know, he, he evolved as the, as the character, and I'm like, on the one hand, I was thinking, like, did they plan this? Did they plan for Dodo, Ansatsu-chan, to be this awesome? Or is it, like, feedback from, like, the audience, but then they would have filmed way ahead of time because then we got right in to come in as Ikazuchi I'm just like ah but at that point it's like oh wait on Sasuchan he was really popular but we already filmed yeah. I'm gonna just uh toss out there uh when I'm gonna have a, there's gonna be a point to this story uh when the Bandai Candy Toy blog talked about Ikazuchi uh the person running the blog who is in charge of the figures basically just said hey wasn't that a surprise it was a surprise to me too I didn't know they were gonna do this so it seems like it was a last-second addition. And see, like, it makes sense reusing suits. Like, if you go back to the the Reiwa, the first-generation movie, the 001 suit is just a uh, Night Rogue suit reused, mm-hmm. but with a uh, different driver. And then they're using Bloodstark suit for uh, Ikazuchi, but they had to make that helmet. Like, that's an all-new helmet. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I thought it was just... Uh a recolor of Hirobi that when I saw them side by side, no, they're just the same aesthetic. And the thing about it is, I think, I forget which channel I watch, because I watch a lot of uh, YouTube channels covering the toys when I can't buy them, and uh, one of my favorite ones collected all of the progress keys that it would take to accurately cosplay Ikazuchi at the end of the episode when he has all of the keys and when you combine those together with the driver, it comes out to like about $250 to accurately <laughs> cosplay him if you have all the keys wow. and the wow. Force Riser. That ain't worth it, man. <laughs> but you know somebody else, like this guy did it. If I oh, had yeah. that kind of yeah. money, I might do it too. I mean, if you're a toy reviewer, then it's no problem. Yeah. Well, if you're a super fan as well. And then, like, okay, let's let's talk about that. The progress keys as a gimmick. Cassette tapes. I, that's what I thought <laughs> when when we first got those scans. I I could have sworn it was going to be cassette tapes, and I was so in. Yeah, I wanted somebody to pull out a pencil and rewind it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I totally forgot about the cassette tapes. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, the uh, the teaser image that they had for uh, Zero One, the very first thing was just like this generic as it can be silhouette of just like a, a base body. And then right next to it was supposed to be the item, and it was kind of a rectangle. So a lot of people were kind of looking at like, is that a generic shape or is that actually something? And then I was looking at it just thinking the only thing that this could be is some sort of uh, key card or something, but I don't know how that would work. Turns out it does work. Because <laughs> I, I know uh, spitballing when we were first getting those images, 
a lot of people uh, were assuming, uh, based off of how the progress keys looked and how the Zero One driver looked, like the Zero One driver was like a boombox, and you were inserting the cassette into the boombox. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I am so here for this. It's like sound, but done differently than Hibiki. Yeah. But then it, it wasn't that. There's also a very old writer rumor for uh, something that had CDs. So that also comes to mind. And it's a few years after Exit where we had game cartridges. So, Yeah, so it's not like they wouldn't use some kind of a retro tech or just a nod to older technology. But I, I, I'm, I can't lie and say I'm not a little disappointed that we didn't get cassettes, but I'm okay with the progress keys. It works a lot better with considering the story and how high-tech they are. It's like, no, it's not going to be a cassette tape. Yeah. But I, I, I do really enjoy the progress key uh, aesthetic. And I like I like how it... I like how it's designed. I like how when you open it up, you see this sort of exoskeleton of the animal that's being used or whatever. That that gets interesting once you get to the human gear progress keys. Hmm. <laughs> Because then yeah. you got to deal with the anatomy. What's a mechanical sushi look like? <laughs> I don't know, but it probably doesn't taste that good. Mm. Probably not. Um, but in the beginning of the show, we got introduced to uh, Zero One's forms, and the way that, and I like the way they inter- implemented his forms, where he his suit peeled open, and then he it made room for new. Uh, for the new progress keys, the new parts. New parts, yeah, that was really cool. I I really like that, especially like the shark and the bear and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's creative. It's uh like like uh the way that they have the rising hopper parts on the side, they make use of the antenna in different mm-hmm. ways. Like one, it might be pointing up, and one, it might be pointing down to kind of be like almost like spikes on the, around the chin. Yeah. Like they didn't waste the design. Yeah, they 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 utilize every part of it to like. I think his shoulder pads become like fins for the shark one, mm-hmm. and the the mask parts become part of the forearms in one of them. Yeah, it's really cool. I really I really enjoyed that. I kind of wish they did more. <laughs> I was kind of hoping after a certain point that much like Zero One was doing, I was actually hoping that. Uh, more than just using them to transform, I was hoping Metsubo Jinrai would get different forms themselves mm-hmm. uh, using those mm-hmm. keys. Man, that would have to be a lot more money to make more suits, though. Yeah, because I, I, I thought that Horobi, because he got like, what was it Hercules? Or he got like a beetle one. And I was like, at some point early on, I'm like, oh, is he going to use that to transform into another form? And then he just used it for a weapon. He just used it as a weapon boost. Yeah. Which is also fine. It makes for some creative fights. That's another thing. Uh, Speaking of fights, um, we had some interesting changes for Zero One. New suit Uh, actor. Starters. Yes. New suit actor, Seiji Takaiwa, who's been uh, the main common writer since Agito. Yeah. Um, He he finally stepped down, uh, sadly. Well, step to the side. Step to the side. He's still in the show, but... um, yeah, we fought, we got a new suit actor uh, to play Zero One, and you could you could tell from Episode One that the energy was very different. Oh yes, I wonder if that's kind of part of why the the design is, as you said, uh, kind of lightweight and sleek looking, just to accommodate the different suit actor, maybe. 
I would hope they would take that into consideration. If I was say to Kaiwa, I'd be pissed. <laughs> like y'all made me use like y'all put me into like the double suit, which was hard to move in, and the decade suit and this, and then as soon as I leave, you get like a lightweight suit. <laughs> I wore Kiva for this. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a good I need that on a shirt. I wore Kiva <laughs> for this. <laughs> I wore Ghost for this. Oh my god, can we do that? We should do that. <laughs> New Tokunit shirts coming soon. Check out our Etsy. <laughs> because Takaiwa, he's he's a Horobi's suit actor. Yes. And see, you, you, you realize it makes a lot of sense because we got the new younger suit actor, and he's more lithe and athletic and able to do all these cool flips and whatnot. And then you look at Horobi, and all of his action is standing there and using the bow. Uh, he's mm. sort of like he has a really good commanding presence where he just pops up like, what's up? Yeah. But then when he does fight, you can tell, you like, yep, that's Takaiwa. Yep, sure. that's him. The when, when hits land, it's like, oh. Yeah. Um, and also, he's not in it for real. Like, Horobi is not in the show as much, as far as, like, the him transforming. Mm-hmm. See, like, I thought he was going to be more mainline than Jin was, but then Jim started taking center stage, and I'm like, huh. Hmm. Like, I want to see where this goes. Yeah. Let's see. I'm try- I'm- I wanted to look up real quick uh, the name of the new suit actor. Uh, Who's young. I think he's in his early 30s, if I last recall. Yeah. Uh, Yuya Nawata. Yes. Is the new suit actor. Um, he was... Genmu in X-Aid. Mm. Mm. And he was Gates as well. Well, he's come, he came up fast then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that I can't, I can't find it right now, but I know that we also got a new uh, uh, action director. That would make sense because the, the fights in this season have been a little bit more... I don't want to say frantic, but, like, the, the pace is different. It's not nearly as, I would say, slogging and slow as a lot of the fights in Geo were. Mm-hmm. A lot more energy and a lot of different camera angles, too. Oh, yeah. Like, if you look at the fights at Mreiwa, the first generation, it was amazing. It was, like, night and day. Yeah. There's some really good fights in this show that I've just had to be like, let me just rewind that a little bit. Yeah, me um, in the middle, it kind of becomes a little bit more standardized. But there are definitely points, especially when something significant happens, where they pull something off and just like, oh, this is fresh. Like, even in the first few episodes, there are times where they, like, put, like, a GoPro on their leg while they're kicking. So then you see the angle from the leg's perspective. Yes. It's like stuff like that, where it just, like, it reminds me of, I think it was the first few episodes of uh, Looper Ranger versus Pouch Ranger, where you had the GoPro going around the suit actors as they fought. Like those, like really dynamic shots were really like that's something that like that really pops. See, like for me, when it comes to certain things, I think they try stuff out on other shows so that they can get it right on other shows. Like, decade had to stumble so Go Kaiger could soar as far as anniversaries go, and I feel like mm. with the use of the GoPro and drone shots and whatnot, I feel like Lupin Ranger versus Pot Ranger had to come first so that they could streamline it for something like zero one or even now with kira major yeah yeah that's true that's and true. also the the build summer movie that too yeah 
Oh yeah. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm for the most part the action is uh really well done. Um and everybody has a different style, which is great. Like when we get introduced to uh Valkyrie and um Vulcan. Vulcan. Why am I blanking? Vulcan, yes. I I love the transformation for Vulcan because he literally just punches a bullet. Yeah. And I just realized recently why that probably is because uh, uh, when you insert the progress key into a weapon, you know, it says ready to utilize. And it actually refers to that as werewolf. And I just realized he's defending himself from a silver bullet. Oh, oh I didn't oh, think what? about that. Wow. Because, like, he was, he talked on his YouTube channel, you know, m- mind you, it's it's a really funny YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. He was talking about all the different ways that he wanted to utilize how each of the things were, each of the transformations for each form was uh, showing where his character's progression was throughout the series. Like, him punching the bullet is him trying to force mm-hmm. his beliefs to be everyone's beliefs. Like, what I believe... That goes for everybody. If I hate human gears, everyone should hate human gears. Mm. And then mm-hmm. uh, when he gets uh, punching Kong, he's brushing it to the side. You know, he's trying to push off different ideas. But now uh, when he's got a rampage, he's letting stuff come at him and he's letting it utilize who he is as a person. He's letting that grow and become a part of him. Nice. Huh. Like he put some thought into that. Mm-hmm. That's wow. really well done. Holy crap. Yeah, this is stuff that he's bringing to the table. Exactly. And he was also saying, again, not to get too far ahead, but I don't think it's much of a spoiler. Um, he was saying that when it came to Rampage Vulcan, he wanted to, like, throw in, like, a roundhouse kick, uh, kind of like a Laser did to transform. Mm-hmm. But they were like, yeah. well, I don't think that's going to work in context. But then he finally got to do with this last episode. Oh, he oh, did. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So they let him get that in for an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that for him, they had like really inventive, like it felt like for a while, every time he transformed, it was a different way he did it. Um, I remember one of the early episodes, he dodges a bullet by backflipping and then he punches his own bullet to transform. That was kind of boss. I love over the top transformations. Yeah, um, but yeah, his, his he, he's probably the character that's probably had the most growth so far in the show because uh, Aruto, he's kind of stuck to his guns. Um, he learns from the human gear, and he learns. I mean, he learns more about the human gears, but he also learns that not all human gears are good. So he does kind of progress, but uh, I think it's more the whole thing of like. I would actually compare him a little bit, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I would compare him a little bit more to, say, like, Kuga, like, Godai, Mm -hmm. where he has a set of beliefs and he's pretty sure of himself and who he is, but then when you actually get out into the real world where things aren't so nice, how hard is it to hold on to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was also going to say that, uh, uh, to me at least, Aruto is a kind of character where the point is to see how he like holds up his beliefs, how uh, how he you know makes his message stick. But when you look at Fua, oh, this is the character who we're supposed to see the progression of. Like Aruto is right. technically yeah. not the one we're supposed to be seeing character progression from. We're just seeing how he perseveres. Yeah, 
for sure. Um, I didn't think he, I didn't think Fua would have such a such growth in the show. I thought he would be very one note. There, there's a TV tropes kind of a term for that. I forget what it is, but it's where I always refer to it as the secret protagonist because it's not the main character, but mm. he's the one that gets all the focus. Mm. Mm. He's kind of like I guess you could say he's kind of like Kagami. That yeah. I was, a little bit. I was also going to say Ryuga Banjo from Build. <laughs> I was going to say Banjo too, yeah. That's a recent one. You know what? You're right. <laughs> Both of them are valid. Well, I think it's closer to Ryuga because with Kagami, you thought he was the, like, I, well, I guess I'm specifically talking about my, my experience with Kabuto. I thought he was mm. the protagonist from episode mm. one. Right. And then, you know, they they pull a fast one on you and it's like, oh no, it's Tendo. So yeah. that when you eventually do get to Kagami being able to transform, it's really worth it. As yeah. opposed to like uh, Ryuga and now Fuwa, who had the power kind of early on. Mm-hmm. And then you're seeing them react to everything around them. Literally, like, they're having to rethink their pasts. Right. And then you get Yua, who I feel like she's... The, the way she's having to put up with so much stuff from Thouser is everybody who's ever had to work a service job. <laughs> yeah. And has to put up with that one manager. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's your boss. It's like, I can't, just gotta do it. Look. Chain of command. Yeah, she probably worked really hard to get to where she was mm-hmm. in, her, in her position. So it's like, does she want to compromise that? Yeah. But also, it makes you wonder, I mean... Makes you wonder about her motives because on the one side she doesn't want to, you know, betray who she's like working for, but at the same time she is also conflicted with the like, handling, like morally like what she's conflicted. Doing. Yeah, she's morally convic- con- conflicted. So I do, I am interested to see like what her origin is, like how she got there. Yeah, it seems like uh, in more recent episodes they're building up to the idea of. Something is going on to make you uh, stick around here. Yeah. And I I love that when they got to that, it was kind of like, okay, I should have seen that coming. But at the same time, it's worth it to see her have to deal with some beautiful moments that I won't get into. But you guys will appreciate them. And I I think, Yaz, you'll definitely see the references they throw in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. Can we talk about how cool Valkyrie is? <laughs> She's got some good forms. Like, I'm surprised. Like, I, I wasn't so cool on the Cheetah, but then Lightning Hornet, and then Ooh, that one. Uh, going on down the road to get another form. Jackal? Like, I, the, the, the Hunting Jackal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's... They're so good. That Hunting Jackal is ridiculous. Fighting Jackal Raider, specifically. Hmm. Like, I, I know from the inception when we found out we were getting a female writer at the jump, I feel like the fandom feels like there's a there's a target on her back. And yep. we're all oh, kind yeah. of like, we've got our fingers crossed, like, please, just let one. Let one get to the end. I know, like, like we got Poppy, but it was like, did we, though? I mean, we got, we got Kamen Rider <laughs> Poppy way later, is the thing. Yeah, but then they, like, sidelined her, and she didn't take part. Mm. Like, she didn't transform after a while. Yeah, and also, to be fair, the the person who's, like, heading the show is the main writer from Exade, and they literally tweeted at one point, so there's going to be an episode on Christmas, huh? And then Kiria's actor from Exade just went, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, oh no, something's happening. 
I am still hoping hoping against hope that she survives the whole thing. Mm. I think she might be okay. I think I think this might be the year that we're going to be good because again, this is going to be the first Reiwa series. This is the first Reiwa series, so they have to set a like a precedent of what comes afterwards. So if they want to stop, you know, female writers, it, it is a new era to not die. This is this is the show. Like, come on, be the first. Come on, guys, let's make it happen. I mean, yeah, like like I said, this is the same writer from Exaid, and they kept the poppy alive, more or less. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the thing, like, more or less, and then you look at last year, we got uh, Tsukuyomi oh, at oh, the God. last freaking second. Did she throw one punch, too, right? Well, see, like, that's the thing. I would like a writer, a female writer, to get through the whole series without an asterisk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, she wasn't sidelined, she didn't get uh, a last-minute introduction, she didn't have to job to all the other characters for their growth. Like, I want to mm-hmm. see Yua come into her own. Yeah. I want her to be a strong common writer on her own. Get to her conclusion on her own. I feel like if Yua, if Yua gets a final form, then I think we might be okay. Here's hoping. I want her to survive to the next freaking crossover movie. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. I would want to see her, like, at the end of the series, take over Zaya. Oh, that'd be That would be good. Like, I want that so bad. Anyone but Guy. Speaking of... Speaking of... Oh, my of... God. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about Guy and that whole, like, competition arc. Well, like, he, he's in the running right now for Jerk CEO Character of the Year. Because mm-hmm. we, we always have one. So, uh, I I was behind on the show for a very long time, but the one sort of plot-related thing I caught, caught glimpses of was uh, people complaining about this uh, little string of episodes where, uh, you know, you have uh, Aruto, who represents the Huma gear and believes that they can make humanity better. And then you have this other guy from Zaya, who believes that human evolution is more important and that, uh, you know, AI should just be this tool, not an actual person. So they compete. Well, to put like more detail on that, he his, uh, he used to work with Aruto's uh, grandfather mm-hmm. um, and they, were, they became rivals. Um, somehow he kept his face looking 20 something even though he's like 40 something they better freaking address that <laughs> yeah that's weird um but then he wants to, he wants to acquire he didn't uh intelligence yeah so they make this competition it's like if you win this competition you get to keep your company otherwise i get to buy uh majority stock and i take over uh your company so they have this back and forth where they they choose a field like they have uh, real estate you, you have to find the best real estate you use your best uh, real estate human gear we'll use the best human uh real estate with our zaya technology which is basically an earpiece that's uh it's basically google glass yep <laughs> but for jerks <laughs> yeah um so then they have these comp they have like three competitions and it goes on for forever what feels like forever it feels like forever. And for me, that's where I dropped off for a while because I just got really bored with that 
and I got really bored with Guy in general. Like I, even now when like the story has progressed, I still think he's a really crappy bad guy. Oh, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the the thing that I found really absurd just going through these is just wow, this competition is still going on, huh? After he's more or less cheated most of them. Yeah. Literally forces Humagear to turn into uh, Magia and then just kills them off. And just like, hey, yeah. I showed you, these are inferior. But see, that, that's the thing that I think a lot of people might miss about his character is that he's meant to represent that part of society, that guy who can just get by on money mm. and screw... He's basically Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh! Screw <laughs> the rules, I have money. Yep. I have yeah. access, I have success... I can do whatever the hell I want. It doesn't matter what you think or you believe. I'm taking your company. Like, it, it was never a possibility that he could lose. And right. the problem with that is there were people like that. Yeah, there's literally a point where Auditor says something about uh, happiness, how the human gear can bring happiness. And he's like, oh, you can't really quantify happiness. Had to quantify money. <laughs> like, that's what he cares about, his bottom yeah. line. And he wants yeah. to embarrass Aruto, uh, for whatever reason, you know, a vendetta against his grandfather. But beyond that, uh, he decides to go ahead and one-up him by having his own writer suit as Thouser. And I hate the fact that he's such a jerk, but that's such a good suit. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know what to think of it, because when I see the helmet design, I just immediately think, this looks like one of those fake... Common writer, new common writer, kind of Photoshop images to me for some reason. It doesn't feel quite like it yeah. fits a Toei aesthetic, if that makes any sense. But you know, it's also pretty cool. I I like the second arc, and uh, I'll I'll will I'll tell you why. There's a few okay. things because first storyline, you know, we it just ended, and so when it first started out, the whole competition, it felt like a breather for me. Like, okay, let's relax for a bit. Though, admittedly, you know what was it it went on for like a full core like 13 episodes or so Th that definitely was a bit long i can totally understand mm -hmm. why you know a lot of people like took a break on it like stopped watching everything totally understand yeah but um there's a lot of things i really liked in these episodes like um for instance i think my favorite two-parter episode pa was probably the the house real estate one with smile only oh, yeah. because uh, at the end of that first episode with Smile, when the the other guy, the opposing side, Kim's comes and just like really pushes her and is really being a jerk, like that was hard to watch, and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like really unsettling to watch. I I can appreciate when a show just makes me go, okay, you're you're starting to reach a limit. And then, of course, my favorite moment because obviously Guy is he's a jerk was when uh what's his name uh uh and matsuda Enji when he pretends he's under control of the arc and he goes oh. to him and feeds him information and then later was like oh don't you did you forget i'm an actor and i was dude i was howling i was like i got up i ran around the house so i was like <laughs> yo go that episode was so satisfying because this whole time you've just been seeing this guy completely cheat his own competition constantly continuing mm -hmm. to win and it's just like there's no stopping him and then finally all the human gear just get together and are just like now it's our turn we're gonna save Auto and make him stronger and uh there's nothing yeah. you can do about it 
Yeah, two things about Guy. One, the more I look at him now, the more I'm convinced he really is 45 years old. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like in real life, like, like no, seriously, because in real life, I just looked it up. He's 22. He's turning 23 this year. So I'm just, and now, now when I look at him, like, are you really 45? Like, you start, he's starting to look like it. Well, see, that's that's the great thing about his actor. Like, uh, getting some background on him, it turns out he had been. Uh, kind of jealous of other friends of his that are also actors who were getting roles in like Super Sentai and Common Writer, and he had auditioned a couple times and not gotten anything. So he decided, you know what, I'm gonna get on there. And then when I get on there, when I get this role, I'm gonna make sure people hate me. So he's absolutely trying to base this off like Light and Frieza, because he wants oh. people to hate this character. Yeah, yeah, and he looks at reactions online and he and he smiles. <laughs> he enjoys it. Yeah, and he's like, oh, they hate me. Good. Just as planned. I think maybe I'm the I'm alone in this, but I don't hate him for the reasons he wants me to hate. Him. Oh, like I don't. I'm not hate is a strong word. I just think he's kind of boring uh. to me. I think it's. I don't know when when we before we got to that arc, I was kind of annoyed because I was so interested in the Metsubo Jinrai arc and all that, like their interaction and their you know storyline and then that kind of halts and then we get into this thing and then for one even though we've had two part episodes in the show before it felt really rigid in this one in this arc for some reason um because of this competition well let's let's compare it to other series like is this better like these competition episodes between zaya and hidden intelligence is it better or worse than the dark kitchen episodes of kabuto Hmm. I haven't watched Kabuto since it aired in 2006. Yeah, same. <laughs> so it's, it's been that just shows how long we've been watching. Oh god. Um <laughs> uh, oh gosh. Like I know I'm dating myself here, but like I, I, I think for a lot of people that's kind of the benchmark for okay, why the hell is this an episode? And some people love it for that reason, but I think I can totally get why it would come off really dry. And yeah, it did take a really long time to resolve that. I mean, I get, I get what it is and I know what the purpose of it was. I just felt like, yeah, it took way too long. And the way that guy was presented and the way that he carried himself, I just, it, it was not interesting to me at all. Like he was, every time he was on screen, I was just like, Oh, come on. Like, I was bored by it until there's a point where it kind of changes. And it's once he becomes a bit more vicious, when he becomes more like when he starts pushing Yua to like, you know. Oh, I didn't ask for your opinion. Oh, yeah, it was that kind of stuff where it's like, okay, now you're a bad guy that I actually kind of want to hate. But it was that whole part before that where the the first two or three competitions where it's just. It was really boring. Like, I get where you, you are. I get who you are. But this is just dry for me. And then when we got... And then when we and then we got Thouser. Thouser should have been a really big thing. But for me, it was just... It just... It felt like nothing. I don't know. The only thing I liked about it was that his belt was always advertising Zaya Corporation. Presented yes. by Zaya. Yeah, that was the only part that I found entertaining. Other, other than I that, still laugh I, at that. I still laugh at that. I laugh at the oh, fact yeah. that his his attacks have a trademark symbol on them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's the part I like about Thousand is that it's very in your face. This is marketing. 
<laughs> this whole thing is marketing. Like somewhere else in Japan, Kuroto Don's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> I can uh I can I can see why he would be like boring because once you've like seen one scene with him it's like okay that's going to be your personality all the way through. Yeah. How do you think he's going to feel yeah. if he gets used for comedy? Cuz I think that's a distinct possibility. I I don't think he will. I don't th- I think he I think just nah. because of how the actor has strongly suggested like he wants people to hate him. I feel like he's going to stick to being hated. Yeah, cuz if, mm. if you go comedy yeah. you lose all that heat you generated. Yeah. yeah, and we don't want a Dan Kuroto kind of. We don't. We don't need that. I feel like because I feel like that that actor, his actor was on exactly. board. With him. I exactly. I don't think of this current actor. I don't think uh, was it Nachi? Yeah, yeah, Sakuragi Nachi would be on board to be a comedic character. Hmm. Yeah, nah. I guess it's a, it's a new era, so it's possible they'll try new stuff. It's just I'm looking at previous examples like Kuroto Dan. I'm just thinking. I suspect there's going to be a point where Thouser gets severely underpowered. I don't think so because I mean we already got we literally have a comedian in the show. I mean uh, I mm-hmm. I I am also of two minds at that because I've also been saying I think before I even saw the episodes with Thouser I was predicting this guy could potentially be the final villain just because he's so unique looking and his uh character has mm-hmm. just been in the shadows all this time. Mhm. I mean, we'll have yeah. to see because we're still waiting to see because I don't at a certain point, I think we're about to reach it in every writer series. We start to see, OK, now we're starting to get into the end game and mm, we're like yeah. starting to feel out, OK, who's actually going to be the final boss? Like, is it going to be mm-hmm. this character or this organization? And for me, I think it's still up in the air whether or not we're dealing with it's going to be Thouser and Zaya as the end boss or it's going to be Metsubo Jinrai and Horobi. It could as be easy. <laughs> well, see... Because the opening. Yeah, but they could have just thrown that in there to throw us off because they didn't know what they were going to do with it. It's like, hey, put that in the opening, give her some red eyes, and you figure it out. <laughs> and long hair extensions. She's Otterto's mother. No, don't. We, we've been no. there. Oh, no. God. Oh, I know, no. Oh, I, I, I no. I, I, I oh, that, that's one of those things where people will like see the cast of characters before the show starts and go, that's what the twist is going to be. And uh, for me, it was the first trailer for the show. I was just immediately like, Arthur is going to be one of the human gear, isn't he? Which I thought so too. But then he went to the hospital and got like an x-ray scan. It was just like, nope. Yeah. And then and even more recently, we got Jin coming back. And uh, he doesn't have the human gear modules. He has some sort of really subtle earpiece. So it's like, that would that would have uh, that would have been like a clue towards that. But nope. Is it just me when uh, Jin came back? It's like, hey, uh, the tenth Doctor called. He wants his outfit back. <laughs> but like half. Of it, I was half about to say he's, yeah. he's got a real Two Face thing going on. Yeah, Two Face by way of the tenth Doctor. And it costs like a lot of money on Premium Bandai. Oh, it's expensive as all hell. It's like two grand. Yeah. And it's a one piece. That's the weird part about it. What? Hmm. what? Have you seen the Zaya, the Zaya gear? The Zaya spect, which is just an accessory, no, no electronics. Because usually when you stuff on Premium Bandai, it's like maybe minimum, like the minimum is like 6,000 yen, right? And so that's what I was expecting when I clicked on it. Oh my goodness. Mm. Oh, like there's certain things Premium Bandai will get my money for. The Zaya spec ain't one of them. Yeah, it's a thousand percent ripoff, yes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. 
they missed the opportunity to just make a cheap thing that they can sell for a thousand yen. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> He's right. That Cancel the show. Mind. All right, guys, pack it up. Holy crap. We're going to think That's about the next season. <laughs> he just, yes. He just Holy. saw it. Yeah. That, you oh, you me? saw how much it is? Yeah. Even the Huma Gear thing they had on their hands, the one the, the one that they, they sold a while back, was like, cost less and you can do more with it. This mm. one you just put on your ear. That's yeah, it. The, the Zaya headpiece, which, l- let's get this out of the way, whether it's the old version that they show with, like, Auditor's dad or the current version, like, let's not kid ourselves, those are headphones. Oh, yeah. Clearly I, they're headphones. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a YouTuber I follow where I'm pretty sure he figured out the exact model of headphones. Oh, really? Nice. And it's like, wow, that really does just look like a human gear thing. Wait, yeah. are those actual headphones? It might be. It's probably modded. Now, see, he, here's my thing where I think they dropped the ball on that. Because they sold the module, or I think it just went on sale, like, last month. Like, people got theirs from pre-orders. And it has a bunch mm-hmm. of sounds in it. You can adjust it to, you know, your size head. But, like, I think they missed an opportunity to have it Bluetooth capable. Ooh. Mm. Like, that would have sold. I feel like they could have also figured out a way to make like a cheap alternative them or someone else. Because I, I saw that and I was just immediately like, oh, I hope the cosplayers can find an alternative to this. We're working on it. We're, we're, we're cool. working on it right now. You gotta mod it for sure, yep. Because really all you need is the mold and then, you know, get your own headphones in there. You could do it for way cheaper. Mm. Yeah. It's true. So getting back to the story a, a little bit, um, after we get through the, the the Zaya competition with Hiden, we also, like you said, we get Jin comes back, helps to free Horobo, who was in custody with Ames for a while. Um, and then we get a bit more story as to, you know, not just uh, Mitsubo Jinrai's relationship with, you know, Ark and Zaya, but also Guy's involvement with you know Ames and like Fua and Yua specifically in that he put chips in them that he could control and but it seems like it only affects Fua like Yua doesn't really either she's in denial or whatever but um, I don't know no comment okay that then future spoilers, yeah. I have gotcha. been kind of suspecting since the like since the second quarter of episodes. I've just been like, they're leading up to something with Fua, and then at this point, they finally just spelled it out and said, "Why do you think you were literally able to use this uh, key that was made for Metsubo Jinrai only?" Mm, yeah. And I, yeah. I I guess I'm kind of uh, glad it was this explanation because I thought. Well, if the twist is going to be that he's a humor gear, this is going to be really weird. It would be very funny in an ironic sort of way, but still. Yeah, I, I kind of like this better because it's like, I don't know when that happened, but the fact that he had a chip inside of him, mm. he didn't know it. And now he's kind of a bit of what he hated originally. And see, th- this is why I was saying earlier with your comment, chip on his shoulder. No, it's in his head. <laughs> oh, I told you. I told you. Oh, I gotta give it to Toya, cause like him with not you know Naki, like that's that's the human gear's name. Yes, Naki was it? Yeah, Naki. They, they, yeah. 
it just because I remember when they when they were introducing the character, like, oh, there's a Naki, and then like they posted photos online of, oh, hey, here's the actor, right? Thinking that yeah, they're gonna pop up, and yeah. of course, what happens with Fua? It's like, <laughs> oh, you got me, you got me. That was a really good twist. Yeah, and uh, I guess for sure for those who uh, want to see more of Naki, apparently that's going to be in the Blu-ray spinoff. Mm. Again, no comment. Gotcha. Mm. No comment. <laughs> Fair enough. I will say um, in the last episode that we're talking about, which is 29, mm-hmm. when Fua kind of breaks free from, uh, well, sort of comes to his own conclusion and sort of breaks free from the control of Naki, kind of. I don't really know where that's going to go, but for the time being, he's kind of free and he has his own senses back. And then he gives a speech that harkens back to Comrade of Fies and yes. my heart. We're just like, oh, yes. It's like, thank you. You have the freaking wolf Kamen Rider. Mm. You know. I didn't even think of that. Uh, it's wolves and dreams. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dreams. Yeah. yeah. In a very similar location, I think. Yeah, I was trying. I, I, I didn't get a close look and see if it's the actual same location. I'm going to think it is. But... Definitely looks like. I, I will say this much: I've never felt so hyped for a secondary writer getting a form upgrade since Cross Magma, when he got Rampage. Mm. Like yeah. that thing That's yeah. crazy. was insane. Like his form should be like Aruto's final form, but it's for Fua, and it's just yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, there, there's, there's uh, some fans who are kind of sick of the final form that involves like all these different uh, motifs being combined. And so when I saw this, I thought, well, I guess they got that out of the way. Yeah, but I, I like how it was, how it's implemented here, where it's actually implemented into the design yeah. instead of just having a bunch of like different plaques on them, you know, just like having symbols or whatever. Like, so it reminds me of like. Uh, uh, from Ghost, what was it? Before Mugen Damashi. Yeah, Grateful yeah. Damashi. Grateful. Grateful, yeah. Grateful Damashi. Like, that kind of thing is like, I kind of annoyed by that kind of design. So having something like this where you can see parts of the different animals on him, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Yeah, and uh, just in time for the Final Fantasy VII remake, he has one wing. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't intentional, but uh, yeah, that was that was good timing on their part. <laughs> um, that was also incidentally another very good fight for choreography just the part where he picks oh, up yeah. Yua and just like flips her over oh my god it's just like that yeet. was dope <laughs> um, so I I don't know if I missed something because I binged a bunch of episodes recently but when they made that that key I don't like I didn't know that it was going to have all those forms in it like why does it have all those different all the different animals or whatever because i'm assuming because thouser took all that data from all the writers yes oh so that's what the, oh so that was meant for so that was meant for uh thouser yeah i no, guess so it was or hmm. it was meant well i think he was gonna give it to fua but then eventually oh, yeah. he was naki no yeah add to, oh like, gotcha yeah, okay. yeah, yeah that's it under control okay. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Plus, gotcha. plus there's one of those uh it's not really a flashback or a flash forward it's more like uh dream sequence where he shows like a bunch of copies of Vulcan in that form implying that this is going to be like a soldier type Uh, and I guess I guess Fua is just like yet another test (laughs) 
Well, yeah, because basically he treats Ames like their uh, contract for hire, um, their contract for hire outfit, like uh, a lot pigs, of these... really. Well, yeah, they're both guinea pigs, and they're also his, like, private army. Because uh, at first I was like, okay, so Ames are, like, part of the cops, right? But then you realize, no, it's all it's all corporate. It's all Since, connected to Zaya. Zaya's, exactly. Is, wait, so is, is Ames? So if anyone's ever seen Time Ranger or Time Force, like the City Guardians? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That, that's a pretty good way of putting it. Speaking of uh, like mass-produced stuff, man, I love the Raider design. All of them feel very unlike Raider in a really cool way. Well, I, I really like yeah. it when Raider designs are asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that how they have like the the textured side on one side and then smooth on the other, and then like I hate how much I like the Ikazuchi suit, <sighs> and it's one episode, <laughs> not even the whole episode. Yeah, maybe I'm getting cold, but I'm. It's hard for me to keep track of all these all these writers, man. Mm-hmm. All the types of writers in the show. I feel like Ikazuchi could make a comeback just because they they made a big deal about how like this is one of the four kanji in Metsubo Jinrai. There's got to be a point where all four of them are together. Yeah, so they're gonna get there. Mm. They've got because on the one hand, Ikazuchi should have been on Satsuchan, but on the other hand, the actor who plays Ikazuchi, like because I watched him first in the Writer Time Ryuki episodes when he was Verde. Right, and so when he was playing that, it was, I was like, okay, he's just playing, he's just filling in a role, whatever. But like when he popped up on zero one, I was like, oh, I like this, and then Ooh. I want to see more. But then it was just the one episode, and I was like, oh, I really hope he comes back. That would be great. I feel like that was just like, wait, I want more of Ikazuchi of this guy. As much as I love Ansatsu-chan, I would like to see more of Ikazuchi. Mm-hmm. Mm. Before he gets typecasted as the guy who plays a writer for a very short period of time. <laughs> we need you to be a writer for less than six minutes. Can you do it? <laughs> uh, do I get my own toy? We'll talk about it. At least you're not. At least you're not like Gorochan. So, uh, premium Bandai, no exceptions. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, like, help me out here. We've got the zero one driver, the shot riser. The Force Riser, the Cyclone Riser, the Zaya Belt, mm-hmm. the um, Magir Belt, the Raider Belt, and then supposedly there's another one on the way. And then there's also Jin's current uh, Slash Riser. Oh, and the Slash Riser. So confirmed, that's eight belts. I I counted nine. <laughs> well, yeah, if you count what we kind of already know, it's nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think that the gimmick is progress yeah. keys? Turns out it's belts. It, it's a hundred percent belts, unfortunately. And see, like I'm mad because wow. one's just a repaint. Well, two of them are really. Well, well, one's a repaint, and one's they've actually messed with the mold. Yeah, yeah the the flash was the fl- burning flash riser, slash riser, slash riser. Is, is it slash rise or flash rise? Slash. S- it's slash because it's a knife. My only complaint about the slash riser is that I wish it came with an extension 
Because you notice, like, when he takes it off the belt, it becomes longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could probably make an extension for it. I just wish Bondi had taken the extra step to go ahead and include that in the packaging. I mean, if I already know you're reusing part of a mold, at least go the extra mile and give me one more piece of plastic. Yeah, that's fair for a premium Bandai thing, huh? Because I was exactly. just going to say, I was just going to say, it's typical Toei prop logic. <laughs> Did we change the paint color? That's another 60 bucks. Because <laughs> it's like, you, you think back on previous years like Exade, where everybody had the same belt after a certain point. And it's like, okay, you're just switching out the peripheral. But here it's like, no, just about everybody individually has their own belt. That's insane. Yeah. I assure you that one of them is definitely going to be repainted for the, like, V-Cinema thing. For a V-Cinema and then whatever we get in the summer movie. Yeah. That's true. I think, I think someone uh, on my Twitter feed said that Thousand Driver is definitely going to have to get repainted at some point. Yeah, because funny enough, looking at, like, I absolutely wanted the Zero-One Driver just from, like, from the outset just looking at it and then seeing what it could do so cool it's got a lot of replayability but the thouser mm. one just something about it just is off-putting to me like it well for one thing the uh the zetsume rise key that goes in on the right side there's no electronics in it it's just meant to push us push a button oh really what? i didn't yeah. realize that <laughs> huh yeah toy reviews man gotta check them out mm. yeah. also it from what I can tell, it also technically uses other progress keys, but it, you kind of have to scan them on another belt first to, for it to work properly. Otherwise, it'll just uh, like trigger the utilizing uh, Hopper's ability. Hopper's ability. Would Kabuto be the next rider that had this many different devices? I was Ooh. thinking about that. I think it might be. Because every rider had it, it was like they had a gun, sword, like brace on their hand. Like it was a lot of different ones. Two different belts, the wrist ones. Yeah, I think it was Kabuto. Yeah. If you look at the one, the the, the current one with the what the human one, the human built, the raid riser. The Is that it? Raid the raid riser. riser? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sort of kind of looks like of what Drive had on his arm, on his hand, on his on his wrist. The shift brace. The, the shift brace, yeah. Well, it kind of looks like the... What's the the Metsubo one? It's very similar design, but they in the show they also yeah. point out how, oh, these came from the same people. That's why it looks so similar to the shot riser. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, this is the thing I hate about it, because design-wise, I, I get it. In story, one is used by human gears, the other is used by humans. Okay, Makes sense. I get that distinction. What I hate is they're essentially the same belt, just one's cocked at an angle. <laughs> <laughs> and Guy owns both of them. Oh, it's kind of like O's. <laughs> it's kind of like O's belt. It's kind of like at an angle. Yeah, but it's like it's it's like if we got the O's belt and they sold us another one and it was just cocked in the opposite direction. Hmm. <laughs> you know what? If O's is airing today, that probably they'd probably do mm -hmm. that. They would probably. Oh, what they would probably do is what SIC did, where they just made Common Writer. I don't even know how they would uh, how they read this. It's just O with six O's. It was like a shocker. Oh yeah, the, the King O's. Like it had all those medals yeah. in it. Was it 
Was it a King O's or was it like a Shocker thing? Because I thought they, I might be thinking of two different ideas they had. I, I'm trying to, re- I, I know which one you're referring to, but like I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. Uh, Regardless, that's an absurd idea that uh, SITC had. Right, right. But but we digress. Um, yes. <laughs> so like, I wish we got more bike action. Mm. But I say that every yes. year. Yeah, to be fair, yes, yeah. it, it is a fair thing to say because uh, not only do we not see mo- uh, motorcycle action for most of the show, it's also another show where the main character has a motorcycle and everyone else just runs. Yeah, yeah. And especially when you've established early on that you can call that to wherever you need to from space and you yeah. don't use that. Like, if I was Aruto, I'd be using that just because. He literally did in an episode. <laughs> exactly. And then he didn't keep doing it. Yeah, Ames doesn't even use their van anymore. No, no. <laughs> nah, man, they had to rent that out. <laughs> I heard a laundry service is using it. They, they really need to establish a scene just like with uh, Ryuga in Build, where it's just like he literally ran to that area. You think by now they would just CGI you stock footage of like a vehicle just coming in. To be fair, that's how they had to do it in the original Kamen Rider when Hiroshi Fujioka was out. They just reused footage of him riding the bike. Yep. Yep. So it's not like they, it's not like there's not precedent for it. Yeah. I mean, again, I, sorry. I, I, again, I recently watched Time Ranger and they, they kept using the same footage of a police car crashing into each other all 50 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, crashes are expensive, man. Yeah, there it is. It is refreshing to watch the original Comrade and see how much that bike shows up in every episode. It's like, yes, this is what it was supposed to be. Even with Kuga. Like, Kuga feels like he used that bike a lot. Oh, yeah. From what I remember, yeah. And, you know, it was relevant to the plot that he kept using it. Whereas here, it's like... Yeah. Okay, we have to because it's in the name and it's an established thing. All right, we used it for three episodes and you're in the warehouse. I was about to say, it is kind of sad that it is sort of obligatory in kind of the same way that big monster fights were obligatory for Sentai. Where it's like, okay, you're just kind of tacking this on at this point. Yeah, but at least they used it in Sentai. Yeah, but at least with giant monster fights, they happen every episode. Hmm. Well, that, that's what I was saying is that it feels tacked on to the point that they kind of maybe don't care about using it. Because that's a, that's a vibe I got when I was watching Nin Ninja, where it seemed like some of the fights, one of them literally did end abruptly. Almost as if the writers were just like, we don't feel like doing this one this time, guys. I think the show that's done the most motorbike action is Go Busters. <laughs> wow. In the past decade. Drive Drive used his car more than anybody's used their motorcycle. Well, yeah, because t- that's a technicality because at a certain point he's wearing the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty late in the show, though. That, that's the solution. we got to make one that's a, a, a rider who literally is motifed after a bike. <laughs> we had that next day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the reason he's not... Yeah. See, that's a good excuse. The reason he's not riding the bike, it's fighting next to him. <laughs> or it's dead. <laughs> I I am fully into just bringing back the auto vagin. I'm just gonna say that. Oh my god! And see that that would that would make sense in a series like this because we're talking yeah. about AI in yes. use in everyday life. How come there's not an AI infused bike? 
if if there was one series that could use a talking bike, and I know I say this with memories of Saban's Masked Rider, uh, this would be the series to do it. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think I changed your mind. <laughs> you know what? Next year is the 50th anniversary. We'll see what happens. And see, yeah. that's the thing. They've got to... They're setting the bar for what they've got to jump over for next year. Oh, because yeah. you know... Like every like every year, that doesn't change. Uh, Auditos actor, all the actors, they're contractually obligated to do the crossover movie, and then they'll probably have to bring them back for whatever they're doing for the fiftieth. And you know it's going to be a movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, gotta be. You've got to do something better than than forgetting that they have bikes. Hmm. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of uh, keeping my. I'm keeping my expectations that it's going to be similar to Forza, where it's like, okay, you're kind of an anniversary in name, and maybe that name has some relation to a gimmick in fiction, and then there'll be a cool movie. I mean, I feel right. like that that one's going to be, like, later next year. That's going to be, like, the third Reiwa series, though, because really, O's was the one that really celebrated the anniversary, so I feel like with this oh. next one, it's going to have to be its own standalone. And then the following, when it airs in the fall next year, it might have have some acknowledgments to past come writers. Right, right. All they're going to do is just going to bring them all and just have them ride their bikes in the open field, and that's about it. Yeah, but I appreciate it when they do. <laughs> yeah, but... It feels so tacked on when it's like, oh man, I haven't seen that bike in 48 episodes. Oh look, Kiva's riding his bike and they forgot part of his suit. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, to get back to Zero One. Right, right. Um, right, right. So yeah. as far as the show's concerned, like, what, what are you guys' opinions of it? Are, are you liking the show? Or are you not liking the show? Or are you... Uh, definitely like. Oh yeah, like. Definitely. I have been kind of on and off of it, but it's not because I don't like it. Every episode has been really enjoyable. And uh, just, again, so many unique premises for uh, dealing with the human gear. It's been very fun in that regard. And uh, I also, I, I'm a big fan of robots, so having a whole show around it, you know, having a protagonist yeah. who makes bad jokes. Yeah, I, I'm really into a lot of stuff this show has to offer. You know, he had a robot at one point. A giant one. Yeah, that's true. And then he doesn't use it anymore. Oh, right. Oh my gosh, I just remembered. Wow, that took me like a, like <laughs> a thought, few seconds. I, I legitimately was just, thought, just thinking, are you setting up for a pun? <laughs> and I remember. No, I'm <laughs> saying they legitimately forgot he had a giant robot. Yep, yep. I mean, I'm kind of glad they forgot. That thing looked kind of janky. It was kind of janky. <laughs> oh, the CGI was the worst. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't. They don't have time to do I mean, CGI, so yeah, I can't I just, blame them for that. Speaking as someone who generally uh, sees the CGI, I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. It's it's this kind of budget, this kind of time. Yeah, that's fine. The yeah. animation on those fights in particular just was making me go, ooh. ooh. It was bad. It was really bad. I think the last time we saw those robots was like when he got quarter. his shining form. The burst? Burst? I don't know. Yeah. I just remember... When I shine, darkness fades. Oh, I love that line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, the the transformation sounds. They're so good. It's so good. But that's the thing that got me upset was he got that upgrade and then he gets Assault Hopper like two episodes later and then we never saw that form again. Mm. Poor Wazoo. Mm. 
I mean, technically, it it is the same form. It's just that uh, this is the cooler version of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I kind of like the other one better because they're they're both. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's no way to survive this shot is cool. But when I shine, darkness fades is a much cooler line. Definitely. It's true. Um, For me, I'd say right now I'm in the positive where I'm enjoying the show. Mm -hmm. There was definitely that point. In the middle, um, and during that Zaya arc, where I was just not liking the show, I was like, "Oh, got my hopes too high again." <laughs> for a second, um, I don't think it's reached the heights where I was hoping it would. Like based on those first few episodes, but I think that was a bit too unreasonable of a bar for me to raise, just because of how much I disliked Geo. I was really hoping for Zero One to be like build level for me mm-hmm. but but i mean i'm still think i still think it's a decent show i think it's gotten a lot better um in the late 20s um but yeah i i'm i'm enjoying it for the most part yeah now i i would ask this would you recommend this series to somebody who's never seen common rider before i have to wait till no. it ends i have to wait till it ends right now i i don't mm, know i'd say no that's fair yeah, because I have been watching the show weekly since it's been out, and uh, I don't really my thoughts on it so far. I definitely like the first arc, the the mm-hmm. second arc. I thought I I did because I I I enjoyed the characters enough to where I was like, okay, let's just let's see where this goes. And I don't think right. it really it definitely stumbled a bit. And I don't think it really stuck the landing with a few things. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there was enough good. Like if you're if you're invested in the characters. By the time you reach the second arc, I think it should be fine. I think there's a lot to like in the second arc. But, uh, yeah, um, I have to wait how this final arc goes. And then I really would be interested on how how really the second arc stands out as opposed to the first and the the last ones to see if, like, does it it stand out in a good or a bad way or just, like, does it all blend in together from Hmm. episode Hmm. one all the way to the last episode so if i were to yeah i'd have to wait and for the show to end if i want to recommend this to anyone because right now i'm just like honestly i'd probably recommend kuga right now actually funny funny enough that's fair that's fair yeah or the original recommendation yeah another great recommendation just for a time just to show what when we're recording this today is the day that Conrad Akuda got uh, released for Shout Factory and Tokushatsu and all that stuff. So if you want to see it, now's a chance. Yeah, see the beginning of one era while we talk about the beginning of another era. Mm. Yep. <laughs> this must mean that they're going to put out Zero One, right? <laughs> Fingers crossed. I will say right now how I feel about uh, Zero One. I think I, it's, it's better than what I felt about Geo. This time last year, because like this time last year, I think we had the Kiba arc or something, and mm-hmm. that was just <laughs> that was a whole thing. So no, it's it's positive. I like it. I think it's positive. I just I don't I don't know if I recommend this as a first show though. I don't think I would as a first show. No, maybe as like a show to watch alongside your first show that you're watching. Maybe that. Maybe. I'd also just, in general, recommend if I see a first episode of something and I like it, I'll just say, hey, check out this new thing. Because, hey, maybe some people will be more inclined to check something out when it's new as opposed to 
How many episodes are there of One Piece? Uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm fairly positive. I'm looking forward to see where the story goes for sure. Definitely. It's definitely got promise. Yeah. Yeah, we'll come back in six months. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll, we'll probably come back and uh, review the show as a whole. So I did not think that Izu was Aruto's long-lost sister. <laughs> oh, don't even Who knew start. that she was human this whole time? Just... They're siblings. That's, that. that's why they got along. That's why they're a comedy duo. I... I am still waiting for, because, you know, her name is obviously supposed to be the word is. And then you have the detective who is Wazu or was. And then you have the satellite, Zaya, which is kind of like there. So I'm like, what's going to be the third one? There is zero one? I don't know. I'm just waiting for the part where we it's revealed to the audience that this whole time... The secret of Guy's youth wasn't that he had any work done. It's that he's two kids in a costume with a fake mustache <laughs> this whole time. I meant to say... That Where's the mustache? The show made the joke that I was literally thinking when they re- revealed his age, where Arto just goes, are you some kind of pop star or something? <laughs> Did you think his final form should be with Iz- Izu? Hmm. I've no. seen people theorizing that. Because like Akiba Red in the in like the second season, <laughs> I, I've seen some God, fan art no. of that, and I I would actually be cool with that. Someone did a Photoshop of that. <laughs> I don't want that. It didn't look bad. Maybe not on the outside of the suit, but on the inside. It's still weird. Well, here here's my thing. <laughs> I think he's been yellow in his base form with uh, Metal Cluster Hopper. He's primarily silver with. I want to say yellow, but green. a little bit more neon green. Mm-hmm. What I would like is that he does, in fact, use Izu to power himself up for the final form, and then he's actually proper green as a throwback to original Common Rider. Ah, hmm. that he has that mode. He has that color scheme of the green, the silver, like the stripes on his arms, uh, and red eyes. That's hmm. what I would like to get out of the final form. I, I hope the final form is visually appealing because the last couple of years the final forms have been just. Question mark. No. I don't know the last time I've liked the final form. You know what I just realized uh, and how we're talking about this? A really obvious thing for them to do for the final form is make use of all of those Huma Gear progress keys they went out of their way to make props for. Yeah, but then you end up with a case where it just looks like genius form and you just stuck a bunch of crap on him. Didn't stop them before. <laughs> this is also very true. I think the last final form I liked was Ghost because it was like a nice crystal, you know, shining bright. I think the last final form I like like liked was probably Emperor form. Mm. So it's been a minute. The one that made Seiji Takaiwa less less heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, no, I take it back. I take it back. I actually really liked Hyper Muteki. With the braids and everything. Yeah, all predator braided out. There you go. Man. Now, <laughs> now, now I'm thinking more about that uh, idea I just presented. I would love a final form where it's all the human gear progress keys because just imagine he's fighting and he just uses a manga themed attack because a G pen. Mm. That's forcing all over again. Or how about this? <laughs> uh, if he's not using them on the suit, 
what if he gets a power-up weapon that uses the progrise keys as ammo? Yeah. Either way, just just some really absurd attack is what I want. <laughs> I don't know, like a tablet? Like, he'll get, like, a tablet and be like, press the button. I'd also be into that, yeah. Or he gets the DJ gun from... Mm. Guy. Guy. <laughs> there it is, there's your boombox. Oh, that reminds me. My least favorite uh, freaking human gear was the rapper. Oh, I actually really liked him. That that felt so cringy to me. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I could see how it would be. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just felt like, oh, come on. You'd have to go there with that. Come on. Wait, was it when they when the vice president asked him to like comb his hair and wear a suit? I mean, that's one of them. I just in general, mm. like they're just not really good at bringing black characters into this well i think this is the one time where it kind of made sense because if you want to show an episode where guy a guy dressed in all white is trying to repress this group of people and you have a black guy representing that group of people trying to speak out i think they kind of hit the nail on the head no but at the same time it didn't make any sense why was it a rapper because you got to be hip with the kids it could have been anything else. I don't understand why it had to be a rapper. Although, when when the rapper, uh, when he sort of had his meltdown at the end, like, what, what MC Check It Out, that's his name. When he had MC his like, meltdown out, yeah. on the T, uh, while on the, on being live broadcasted, like, how did the guy know that was going to happen? I don't think that scene was executed that all, well, all that well, because even I'm still mm, questioning it. I think he was just counting on something going in his favor. But yeah, I don't know. That that one just kind of bugged me. And it, it just felt, not only because it felt like it didn't handle it well, but also I just didn't understand the point of having a rapper appeal to a political rally, <laughs> I guess. In, in, in the, it, it just kind of, in that environment, it kind of felt out of left field. Yeah, I feel like it was sort of like, oh, how, we got to show something to where they got to appeal to the, to the youngs. To the young people, and they just kind of like, let's just have a rapper. So, yeah, I don't think they thought about it too hard. kind of felt like they they cast the dude, and then they're like, what can we do with him? And then they did that. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, yeah, that's one, uh, one of the reasons why the arc is just like, yeah, that was a bit, mm, yeah. I, I at least appreciated the little bit of lore where they were like, we need a political humagear. Wait, do those even exist? <laughs> well, yeah, because they're not allowed. Yeah. Just like, okay, that's kind of an interesting little tidbit we didn't know before. And it adds a little bit well, of a challenge. The, I, I like the implication that they have there that the reason they wouldn't have one is because it would be too easy to reprogram it and sway it to do someone else's will. Hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. Just a little message for, for the kids about politics. I'm just waiting <laughs> on when Tom is going to be on the show. Oh yeah, that, that that I think that very episode with the uh, the political stuff in one of the crowd shots is actually a YouTuber, IYCH. Oh yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, that, really. Cool. That's a it's one of the YouTubers I follow because he's a he's a very energetic guy. He does a very good impression of Dan Kuroto. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was in the crowd shot. He was uh, a guy with the uh, with glasses. 
Oh my God, I got to tell you guys something. So about two years ago with the Dan Kurto, he was like, you know, his famous line, Urukamida. you know that? Mm-hmm. So, right. Because, you know, because I teach kids and everything, right? So like one time I was just like, I was having like a, like a uh, day. And so I just started saying that in front of the students while eating lunch. <laughs> really? Yeah. They loved it. Nice. <laughs> So I guess like, ah, I guess I know why he did it now. The kids like it. Kids love it. So uh, anything else you guys want to say about Comrade Zero One as far as episode 29 goes? Very optimistic. Uh, Will we get Zero Two? (laughs) See, that's what I've been wondering this whole time. (laughs) Is Izu Zero Two? If Izu became Zero Two, I'd be down with that. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, Yes. Like, oh my god, that would... It just hit me right now, like, just as we were talking. That would totally be an amazing sidestep. They don't give him a final form. They give him a friggin' partner. Yes. And they become the new double riders. If that doesn't happen... Oh man, I'm setting myself up for failure. Mm. (laughs) They could also alternative... I was going to say alternatively, and then I paused because I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, to do what uh, New Dino does with the Imagine, where he just turns them into weapons. It's like she she be, mm. she is technically the assistant. She assists. I no, I, I don't think that should be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I said, I was just like, that's probably going to get weird. Yeah. No, I will say this. I'm I'm very optimistic about the series. I've enjoyed it so far. I like the characters. I really love the designs. And it's weird that I can say that about a series where I like both the characters and the design at the same time. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm kind of disappointed that we haven't gotten Find a New Life out as a single yet. Yeah, the music situation has always been kind of weird in these last uh, several years at this point since Gaim, where it's just like... But it's even weirder because we heard it at the press conference and everybody yeah. thought that was going to be the opening theme, and then we ended up getting Realize, and it's like, okay, so what happened to that song? We A lot of people actually really like it, and we still haven't gotten it. Is that the one that you hear at the, uh, after the intro? Where it's like, yeah. Well, you know that. It's a fight song. Oh, that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, there are people on YouTube who've made, like, attempts to kind of clean up the audio and also use a placeholder MP3. And, uh, I did not realize until uh, recently the lyrics are all in English. <laughs> See, I can't even tell because we never get a good enough uh, version of it played on the show for me to hear it. Yeah. It's also weird that we have this this situation with music because, uh, you know, they release stuff online. They they released the single online before doing a CD release. So it's seems like there's an opportunity there, but they usually just wait until the end of the series and do a box set. But I think when it comes to the music, that's more Avex's thing, their decision, than it is Toei's. Hmm. Yeah, other than the opening, I don't think the music really stands out to me, actually, when you think about it. It would be nice if one day, like, they're playing, like, I don't know, someone's fighting somebody, and then, like, one of them punches the other person, and the music stops because of that. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> I always love those scenes, like, oh, silence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I guess if, we, if there's nothing else to say about the show, we can wrap it up. I'm very optimistic about where where it will go in the end. Same. I think it'll have a strong ending. I'm, I, it looks like it will. 
and I've got my fingers crossed that you will, will make it through the end. Oh, please. Please let her exist after this show. I want to see her in future crossovers and stuff. For sure. Uh, so, yeah. That's our episode on Comrade uh, Zero One so far. Uh, thank, you, thank you guys for listening, and uh, thank you, Josh, Mal, and Tony for joining me today. Yeah. Yeah, happy to be part of it. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye bye. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Zero one, zero one. Oh wait, we're in there. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the tokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com.